Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. I'm Pastor Tuck and welcome to the word at my church. If this is your first time joining us, we want you to know you're in exactly the right place. You're exactly where God wants you to be. And I want to encourage you to share this broadcast with at least three people, because as believers, we have a mandate to spread the gospel of Christ all over the world. We are a teaching ministry with a mission to help people get better by teaching them how the word works. So go ahead and get your Bible, your notebook, your pen, your highlighter, and let's get ready to dig into God's word. But before we do, let's begin with our Bible confession. So go ahead and grab your Bible in your hand and repeat after me. This is my Bible. I believe every word. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do by hearing its word and applying it by faith. It'll change my life. So I declare right now from this day forward that my life will never, ever, ever be the same again. And neither shall the life of anyone with whom I share this word. So I declare I'm going to share this word with someone so that their life may be changed forever in Jesus name. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Precious God, Lord, we thank you today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the moments of preaching. Father, we thank you, Lord, for every opportunity, Lord, to just come before your throne of grace. Father, Lord, I ask you, Lord, that you would move me aside. Take my place. Speak to your people. Lord, say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. Father, Lord, this is your platform. Father God, Lord, and I am just, Lord, your humble servant. Father God, Lord, use me, Lord, as a vessel of your choosing. Father God, speak through me, speak for me. Father God, Lord, that your people, Lord, would hear, Lord, directly from heaven. Father God, Lord, make our eyes attentive, Lord, our ears alert. Father God, and our hearts receptive. Father God, Lord, that we may hear the Lord, pure, unadulterated word of God. Father God, Lord, give us insight, foresight, and revelation. Father God, Lord, because your word declares, Lord, anytime we can see, hear, and understand, Lord, we can be converted into that which we see, hear, and understand. So, Lord, we declare, Father God, Lord, that we shall be changed today. Father God, into, into that which you have always intended for us to be. Father God, Lord, in that when we're changed, Father God, Lord, we would change. Father God, Lord, everywhere that our feet tread upon. Father God, Lord, every place, Lord, that we go. Father God, Lord, that we would touch. Father God, Lord, the atmosphere. Father God, Lord, the environments. Father God, Lord, that we are a part of. And we thank you, Lord. We bind every contrary spirit, every demonic force, anything that would attempt to hinder us from walking in and becoming, Lord, that which we called us to be and do. And we thank you and believe you, Lord, for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, if you've been with us, then you know that this is the year that God wants to restore the church to that place of greater influence and impact. And for the past few months, we've been talking about that process of restoration. We've been dealing with all the things that are necessary to experience what God desires for us, because when he speaks about restoration, he's referring to the original state of his will for us prior to the fall, which was perfect. So we've been talking about those foundational principles of the church, because I told you that it is essential to the restorative or restoration process that we have a firm foundation. Because if our foundation is not stable, any attempt to build will be unsuccessful. So for the past few weeks, we've been dealing with the principles of kingdom identity and authority. Who God says we are and what he says we can do. So open your Bibles once again to our foundational scripture, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. 
And when you get there, uh, look at verse 13. Matthew chapter 16, beginning at verse 13. And here it reads, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man am? And they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, so one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Here we see that the reason the church was established or that the church was established on the revelation of Jesus's identity as the son of the living God. And the reason why that is so significant is because sons have the characteristics of the father. So the church was built on the foundational principle that Jesus is who God is. But in order to be restored to that place of greater influence and impact that God intended, I told you we must grasp the fact that we are who he is. He said upon this rock, the revelation that I, as the son of the living God, have the same characteristics of my father, I will build my church. So the Ecclesia, God's governmental agency in the earth, is established on the principle that as sons of the living God, we have the same characteristics as our father. As a matter of fact, the Bible declares, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. He goes on to say, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In other words, we have the same authority as well. And once we grasp these concepts, there's nothing the enemy can do to stop us. Somebody type in the comments, we are unstoppable. Now, I know for some of you, it's still hard to conceive that we as believers have been given the same identity and authority that Jesus had. Because, and because of that, that we have the ability to do the same things he did. You're thinking, what makes us so special? Like the psalmist, many of you are still wondering, what is man that God would be mindful of us? The son of man that God would visit us. But you must remember that he made us a little lower than himself. And that he crowned us with glory and honor. And that's why on last Sunday, Pastor Shun talked about the concept of soul shifting. She said, you've got to figure out what is it in your thought process? What is it in your experience? What information have you uh, received? What is it that you have grabbed hold of? What is, what is that thing that keeps you from accepting what God actually says about you is true? 
Because if we're going to have the kind of impact and influence that God intended, we must go from having an experience-based reality to a word-based one, which will require us to engage in spiritual warfare. We must do as Paul exhorts us and pull down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the word of God. We must bring our every thought into captivity and make it obedient to Christ. Because we've got to recognize is that just because it doesn't make sense to us or the fact that we haven't experienced it yet, that doesn't nullify God's word. The Bible says we were created in his image and his likeness to have dominion. And that word dominion means a king's authority. See, God always intended for his sons to have influence in the earth, to colonize it and to make it like heaven. But if we're going to do so, we must understand that there is a reason we were given authority. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. The reason for our authority. Is that all right? Look at verse 19. He says, And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I, I told you the only way anything will be bound on earth is if we bind it. And the only way anything will be loosed on earth is if we loose it. Somebody type in the comments, God has authorized us to impact and influence culture to be his change agents in the earth. Oh, I, I need you to understand how important that is. I need you to understand how significant that is. God has authorized us to influence culture. To be his change agents in the earth. See, so many of us as believers sit back and we complain when we see things going on in the earth that we don't like, that upset us, that bother us. Crime in our neighborhoods. Uh, contrary doctrine being taught to our children in our school systems. Sickness, disease. Corruption in our politics, uh, things that are disturbing that we're seeing in media, arts, and entertainment. All of these industries, all of these systems we're seeing perverted and corrupted, our culture being degraded. We're looking at the world and saying it's so much worse than we grew up in. And it's getting worse every day. And we as believers are just sitting back complaining about it. Being affected by it. And worse, being influenced by it. We're becoming more like the world. 
But Jesus himself tells us in Luke's gospel, Behold, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. Now, I told you that word authority means delegated influence or the right to command. So it was always God's plan for the church to influence and impact. To have the ability to shape our environment, to dictate the affairs of this world. Watch this. Uh, turn over to Psalm 115. Uh, Psalm 115. And when you get there, look at verse 15. I'm reading this from the New International Version of the text. And here it reads, May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to man. Watch this. In the United States, the seat of power and the center of government is located in Washington, D.C. And even though D.C. is not actually a state, there are 50 states inside the United States as well as several other territories that are influenced by D.C. Because there are federal buildings located in each of those states and territories. For example, we currently live in Virginia. But if we have an issue with the Social Security Administration, or the Internal Revenue Service. We don't have to drive to D.C. Because there are federal offices or governing agencies located in each state. As a matter of fact, if you need help from your congressman, you don't even have to drive and go and try to knock on the door at the Capitol building. There is an office for your local congressman right in the city where you live that has been authorized to operate on behalf of the United States government so that the influence of the U.S. government can be felt in each state. Well, as the church, the ecclesia, God's governing agency in the earth, we have been authorized to operate on heaven's behalf, to impact the world and influence it for Christ. So that wherever we go, the kingdom of God is there. See, even though Jesus may no longer be physically present, because he lives in us, 
we can establish his influence and impact. But we must adopt the mentality that no matter where we go, our purpose is to make an impact for the kingdom. Because as the king's representatives, our job is to establish a kingdom of God on the earth. And that's the reason for our authority. Go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And when you get there, look at verse 15, first, verse 17, I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning at verse 17. Here it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God. See, regardless of what you were like before, in Christ, you now have the ability to influence your environment. And now that you are saved, you should approach everything from a kingdom perspective. Your mentality should be, how will it benefit or advance the kingdom? Because you're not at your job by accident. You're not in that class by accident. You didn't even go to that grocery store by accident. You don't live in that neighborhood by accident, but instead so that you can have an impact for Christ. Oh, watch this. See, whatever your sphere of influence, whatever educate, whether it's education, medicine, law, media, arts, and entertainment, you have a responsibility to have an impact and influence for Christ because that's the reason you were given authority. See, when you see something that is unjust, when you see something that's out of order, when you see something that does not look like God, something that the enemy has now influenced, something that the enemy is perverting, it's your job. You have now been authorized to now influence it for Christ. Watch this. See, one of the big things that, you know, we, we see now taking place in our country is that this uh, attack on the family from so many different angles, whether it is family structure, whether it is relationships, whether it is gender issues, whether it is sexuality, and they're attacking it at every angle. Whether it's in our children, they're, they're teaching our children things that are ungodly. And if you're in the school system, you can't just sit by and say, well, uh, you know, I got to get my check. You've been given authority. So what does that mean? Does that mean that you, you grab a picket sign? No, that means you pray. You first ask God for instruction and then you do what he tells you. If that means fasting and praying and seeking God about instructions, 
If that means getting into God's presence, if that means interceding on behalf of the school board, if that means getting interceding on behalf of, that's why the Bible tells us pray for our leaders. See, one of the reasons why we, the, the situations that we have are in place is because we have not been obedient in the first place. The Bible tells us that we should always pray and not faint and not lose heart. See, we don't recognize that how important even our prayer life is. But I've told you, prayer is not begging God to do something. It is asking or demanding what we know we have a right to. See, God promised that he would be faithful to our children and our children's children. So if we didn't grow up in that corruption, then we have a right to demand that our children don't have to. Mm. But if you have not, because we ask not. And see, then so many of us have the mentality that, well, you know, uh, I'm a Christian, but see, this is my job. That's different. See, if your Christianity, if your relationship with God is something you can take off and on, then you need to reevaluate your relationship with God. Because look at what he says. He says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. He said, you're not even who you used to be. He says, old things have passed away. See, he said, the moment you got born again, everything about your life changed. Everything about your life changed. He says, all things have become new. He said, now all things are from, from God. He says, so everything about my life has something to do with God. So see, now my money is of God. My job is of God. My relationships are of God. Because my entire life is about God. Somebody type in the comments, we're supposed to be the influence because people are watching us. He says, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ. reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. He has committed to us the word of reconciliation. See, God called you to himself through Christ. And now he's given you the word to call others. He's given you the assignment to do for others what he did for you. He says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. In other words, now we have the assignment to demonstrate God's glory because we have been redeemed. So we represent him. See, as ambassadors, our job is to impact and influence the world for Christ. By establishing the kingdom of God. As a matter of fact, go over to Psalm 82. Psalm 82. And when you get there, look at verse 1. 
Psalm 82, beginning at verse 1. Here it says, God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges amongst the gods. Once again, we must recognize that we are who God says we are and that we can do what he says we can do. And God not only refers to us as gods, but he calls us mighty. Those who have great ability. Somebody type in the comments, you have great ability. Yeah. Well, in verse two, he says, how long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? In other words, how long will you choose not to trust what God says about you and think that thing, these things are supposed to be this way? See, when we look at society and we see things being corrupt, we're like, well, you know, that's just how it is. He says, how long will you judge unjustly? And so partiality, will, how long will you lean to things that are crooked? Thinking that that's how it's supposed to be. Thinking it's all right. It's crazy. The enemy is so bold, it's ridiculous. I, I saw something the other day. There's a new movie that came out back in July. Christian film. Called The Sound of, Sounds of Freedom, I believe it's called. And it's a movie trying to highlight the issue of uh, child trafficking and child abduction. And it's a Christian film. And the whole purpose is to spotlight this demonic activity that's taking place in the earth. And Hollywood has uprising up against the movie. They're trying to get the movie banned because it's making more money than their, their, than their movies that have agendas. They don't like that. And people don't understand why there's something wrong with this. And you got people who are believers who won't say nothing because, uh, you know, I can't say that and I work for them. And there, and there's a, and there's a, the, the, the clip I was watching was talking about how Denzel Washington, one of the biggest actors and stars in Hollywood, how he spoke out against it. See, because he recognized, see, I, I've been authorized for this. This is the reason I've been given authority. See, everything I got, I got from God. I didn't get from man. And when I recognize that, I don't worry about what man can do to me. Mm. See, he, he says he stands in the council of the mighty. He judges amongst the gods. And he says, how long will you judge unjustly? And show partiality to the wicked. Selah. Pause and think about it. He says defend the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Free them from the hand of the wicked. In other words, don't just sit there. Do something about it. 
I told you, Jesus was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, declare freedom to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, set the oppressed free. I told you, and we have the same assignment that Jesus had. So God expects us to do the same. Uh, look at verse five. He says, they do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. See, the reason why the world is in the shape that it's in is because we as the church are not doing what we were created to do. Verse six, he says, I said, you are gods and all of you are children of the most high. But you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. See, Jesus gave us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. He gave us authority over all the power of the enemy. And God expects us to use the authority we have been given so that when people see the life we live, they'll want something different. They will follow us to Christ. Notice when the Bible, when, when the disciples came to Jesus in the Bible, it says they forsook all and followed him. And the reason they did was because they saw how he operated. That he walked in authority and they wanted to be like him. As a matter of fact, y'all remember the woman at the well. An entire city was influenced by her because she walked in authority. She knew who she was. She knew her identity because through Christ, she realized she was not defined by her situation. She told them to come see a man who told me everything I ever did. And the Bible says many Samaritans believed because of her testimony. See, right now, there are people who think that marriage ending in divorce is a foregone conclusion. And having disobedient children in today's society is inevitable. But when they see what our life looks like, they'll realize they have a choice. And that's why the Bible says all of creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. In other words, they're waiting for us to show them who God is. But many times when they look at the church, it looks no different than the rest of the world. When actually our assignment is to impact and influence the world for Christ, because that's the reason we were given authority. Go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Oh, I pray this is helping you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning at verse 4. And here it says, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In other words, what Paul is saying here is, don't believe me because I told you. You should believe me because God showed you. Oh, 
Y'all didn't hear what I just said. Don't believe me because I told you. You should believe me because God showed you. See, there's a lot of word being preached, but not a lot of demonstration. And people don't care about how many scriptures you can quote. They want to know what your life looks like. And that's the problem with the church. That's why it's not attractive. That's why the world doesn't want what we have because we've not been walking in the authority we've been given. We've not been utilizing what God gave us because we don't know who we are and we don't know what we're capable of. But when you recognize who you are and what you're capable of, you can build the life that God intended for you to have so that you will be the proper advertisement for the kingdom. You will be a demonstration of his glory in the earth. You'll be able to appropriate results, not only in your life, but in the lives of others. Oh, watch this. Go over, go over to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. And when you get there, look at verse 20. Oh, I'm trying to help you today. Mark chapter 16, beginning at verse 20. It says, then, and they went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord working with them, confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. See, God will verify his word in your life. Because he knows people have seen you broke. But when they see you debt free, living in prosperity, they will know it's a miracle. They saw you when y'all couldn't get along. But when they see y'all holding hands, they will recognize the power of God. I, I told you they followed him because they saw something on his life because of the miracles. And when they see the miracles in your life, when they see the signs in your life, they'll follow you because they're looking for manifestation. And our job is to bring heaven to earth, to show them the life God wants them to have. And that's why he gave us authority to demonstrate his glory. Go to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. And look at verse 4. Here it says, God also bearing witness both with signs, wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Mm. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody. Look at what he says. God also bearing witness, both with signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. See, the Bible says a great multitude followed Jesus because they saw the signs which he performed. In other words, they followed him because they saw the miracles. Now, wait a minute, Pastor. Because we always hear people talking about miracle signs and wonders. Well, what are miracle signs and wonders? Well, first of all, miracles 
are things that defy the laws of nature. For example, the widow of Zarephath. Here's a woman who only has enough for herself and her son to have one last meal. But God, but obeys God by giving a portion to the man of God first. And what she has is multiplied. Somebody type in the comment, that sounds like a miracle. Oh, we, 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 see, we see that same type of thing take place with the two fish and the loaves of bread. See, when we see, when people see you trusting God through your giving, in spite of your circumstances, and still prosper, that's a miracle as well. Because getting more from less defines the laws of nature. Somebody type in the comments, I could use a miracle. Yeah. Now, now signs are things that point you back to the scripture. Well, people should be able to look at you and your family for a sign. Uh, what do you mean, pastor? Well, when they read the scripture that says train up a child in the way they should go, or husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, and wives submit to your husbands as unto the Lord, they should be able to look at your family and find evidence that points back to the word of God. Because you don't get obedient children who love the Lord or stay happily married for 26 years except by living according to the word. And wonders are amazing things that make you want to know how they did it. Y'all remember the widow with the oil. She was in debt after her husband died and they were threatening to take her sons. But the man of God tells her to pour the little oil she has into vessels and the oil is multiplied. She then sells the oil to pay her debt and has enough left over to support her. Talking about a wonder. See, when God speaks to you and tells you to do something that gets you out of debt or to walk into something you're not qualified for, people will see it and will wonder how you did it. I told you they followed Jesus because they saw miracles which he performed. And when they see them in your life, they will follow you. That's why we were given authority to demonstrate his glory. See, so many times we focus only on the miracle of healing and don't get me wrong, God still heals. It's truly miraculous. I, I told you a few, a few years ago, I was in the hospital in intensive care, critical condition, had a blood sugar that was out of this world, didn't even know I had diabetes. They told me I was going to be insulin dependent for the rest of my life. And in less than six months, I was totally off insulin because God did it. See, we got to recognize that God will do things because we have authority. 
He gave us the, the authority to operate. To wield the very power of heaven. And it's truly miraculous. And I know some people try to say that the things I mentioned were not miracles. Well, you try to find two young ladies that are dedicated to purity and living for the Lord. Or a young man that has been raised up to remain pure until marriage. See, that type of success requires more than good parenting. It requires the power of God. As a matter of fact, Paul tells us that it is his divine power that gives us what is necessary for godliness. See, it requires us tapping into the very power of heaven if we want to experience the God kind of life. He says, and allows us to become partakers of his divine nature. And if we want to actually partake in God's nature, to walk in his authority, so that we can escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. If we don't want to be influenced by the world, but instead be an influencer, it's going to require us tapping into the very power of heaven. And that same miraculous power is available to all believers. The Bible says Jesus was a man attested by God. To bear witness, that word attested means to bear witness to or verified. So he was a man verified by God by miracles, signs, wonders, and signs which God did through him. So if God was willing to verify Jesus by miracles, wonders, and signs, why won't he verify you? See, God verified Jesus' identity by what he did through him. And he'll do the same for us. And that's the reason for our authority. Because God wants to demonstrate his goodness, his power, his authority through us, the church, his ecclesia, his governing agency in the earth. So that the church would no longer be influenced by the world, but instead we would have the ability to impact and influence the world for Christ. But we've got to recognize that's why we've been given authority. I'm telling you, it's our responsibility to grasp these concepts. And we've got to shift our thinking. You got to recognize what is it in my mind that's been holding me back? Who told me the lie? Where is it that I failed? What trauma did I experience that I've been holding on to that makes me think that God won't do this for me? Where's the guilt, the condemnation? That thing that's in my spirit that's been keeping me from believing that God wants to use me. You've got to do that soul shifting work to get me to the place where I believe I am who God said I am and I have the ability to do what God said I'll do. And when we do, we'll start walking in that authority. Watch this. I was in one of my, uh, one of the devotional rooms that I participate online in this weekend. A lady shared testimony. She said she was in, she was in a store 
And she said she was in the store. She said, and a young man came in the store. And the outfit he was wearing, he was wearing something that was revealing. Something I have never in my life even heard of a young man wearing. He was wearing some see-through pants. And he didn't have on any undergarments. Yeah, I, yeah, that's what I just said. This is this is the lady's testimony. She's in this room. And she said, and he's a young man in his early to mid-20s. And she said, at first she was just shocked. She was appalled by what she saw. She said she could not believe that anybody would be walking around like this. She said at first she felt the spirit of judgment come upon her. But then she felt the spirit of love come upon her to say, this young man must not know who he is and know who how valuable he is. And she began to raise up in that spirit of authority. And she heard God speak to her and tell her that she had to minister to him. And so she walked up to him. She asked him, she said, she said, young man, she said, I want to ask you a question. She said, she said, what would your mother say if she saw what you had on right now? And he said, well, you know, this I, I wear this for work. And she said, what kind of job do you have that will require you to wear this? And he told her, I'm a content creator. I get paid to do this. And she told him, she said, well, do you recognize first that all money is not, is not good money? And then she began to share with him. She said, and do you recognize how valuable you are? Do you, do you know how much you mean to your heavenly father? Do you know Jesus? She said, and, and his head dropped. So she said she immediately could tell that he had had a relationship at some point. But at, you could tell at some point he's fallen off the path. And so at that point, she began to minister to him and tell him, she said, you are much more valuable than money. You're more valuable than allowing somebody to get you to compromise who you are. And she said, and I want to pray with you. And so she said she began to pray with him. And as she prayed with him, she said she could see that that that, that he, he just sat there and he received it. And she told him, she said, and I'm not going to stop praying for you. She said, and I want you to give me your number because I want to keep, keep praying over you and keep checking on you. And so she exchanged numbers with him. She said, and within a few days, the young man called her and told her he felt convicted to no longer continue in that line of work and that he needed to rededicate his life to the Lord. And she prayed with him. And, and, and so, so you never know when God is wants to use you to influence somebody else's life. But we've got to realize that we were given authority and you got to be able to hear from God and utilize it when he tells you. I'm not telling you to walk up on anybody and everybody you see out in public. 
But I'm telling you that when you see something that's not right, don't just talk about it. Talk to your father and see if there's something he wants you to get involved in. We can't keep sitting on the sidelines and wondering why the world is getting worse. And we cannot become like the world. Because there are things that God wants to do through us. And he'll verify who we are by what he does through us. So that we are no longer influenced by the world, but instead the world is influenced through us. God bless you today. And if you're watching with us today and you're listening to this message, you're like, man, this is powerful. I never knew that I had that kind of influence, that I had something that I was able to do. That I could even have the potential to change somebody else's life. Well, God desires to use you in that way. But the first step is you got to be a part of the body of Christ, the family of believers. And if you want to receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then the first step is to accept him. You've got to, the Bible says that if you would believe in your heart, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, you could be saved. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus gave up his life that we would not have to die. And so if you want to accept the offer that he made, he, he hung, bled, and died on Calvary's cross for your sins. And if you want to accept that offer today, you can have it. Salvation is free, but it comes with a cost. It comes in exchange of your life. If you want the life God has for you, you've got to be willing to give him your life. You've got to be willing to make him the Lord of your life. So pray this prayer with me. Precious God, come into my heart. I believe Jesus died for me. I realize I could not save myself and I need a savior. And I give him permission to be my Lord, to make my every decision. Fill my heart with your Holy Spirit. Teach me how to live for you. Be my father. Make me your child. If you've prayed that prayer, you're now part of the body of Christ, the family of believers, and there's nothing anybody can do to stop you. The next step in your journey is to find a Bible teaching, Bible believing church. And you can just follow the instructions on the screen. We would love to have you a part of my church. We're virtual ministry, but we have all of the support network in place to help you in your walk with Christ. Just go to our website at lovemychurch.org. Click contact us. Fill out a connection card. And one of our ministers will contact you to give you the next steps to help you with your walk with Christ. If you've rededicated your life to Christ today, you want to you walk closer with Christ you can fill out a connection card. Just let us know. Or if you're just looking for a church home, you want a physical church in your area, send us a connection card. We can help you with that as well. Secondly, if you've been listening to this broadcast, if, you, if you've been listening to our ministry and this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want to help us continue to do the ministry that we've been called to in the body of Christ, sow a financial seed. You can use Cash App, Dollar Sign, My Church Lynchburg, paypal.me forward slash my church lynchburg or you can use the give and the fire app 
or just visit our website at lovemychurch.org and click sow a seed. But however you give, just know that your gifts are going to help us continue to spread the gospel of Christ all over the world. The Bible says Jesus cannot return until the gospel of the kingdom is preached until all the world. And God has given us a mandate to make sure that that word is available. And we do so because we provide the gospel on just about every platform. We're on Roku, Firestick, Apple TV, Google TV. We're expanding to even further platforms. We're on the Apple phones, Android phones. We're on web platform. We're on just about every platform there is because we want to make sure that believers have the gospel. We have the tools available to change their lives. And if you want to help us continue to do that ministry, because that ministry is not free, sow a seed. Help us continue to spread the gospel to give people the tools they need to live for Christ. Thirdly, if you know somebody who needs this message, share this message with somebody you know who needs it because you know somebody who needs to hear this word today. But in any event, God bless you. We love you. Make sure you come back and see us again on next time. I'm Pastor Tuck. See you again on the word at my church. Stay tuned for our announcements. God bless you today. At my church, we help people get better by teaching them how the word works. And we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Firestick, or Apple TV, or visit MyChurchChannel.org. You can also download the My Church On The Go app from Apple or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word At My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word At My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.